Dear Runnery, it's been a while. In fact, I think the last time I published one of these episodes, it was back in April. And I don't know. I think it's about time to start back up. Um, I'm having to do this randomly because I wasn't planning on doing uh, the podcast except in the morning. But, you know, you find the time that you find the time. Um, If it seems like I'm a little bit serious right now, it's because today I found out I got a phone call. Um, My dad is probably going to pass soon. So it's strange that I'm doing this, but it's also something I've been wanting to do. It's just my energy might be a little bit down. Don't take it as anything other than like, it is life and I got to deal with it. And I know that regardless of whatever happens, what comes next is me just doing what I know works. And I guess, you know, that's the most interesting thing. You got to come back to the things that you actually enjoy. And I enjoy doing this podcast. I enjoy talking about running. I don't know if I enjoy the format. And I definitely know I don't enjoy when I put out an episode and no one even listens to it. But then I kind of reached to a point where it's like, okay, but who cares? If this is the verbal journal, then it's the verbal journal. So what is today's episode about? Um, I was at first thinking I was just going to talk about the basic um, running in the heat, but I think that's going to be next week because it's just, you know, I can talk about that. But I think if I'm going to jump back into this, if I'm going to come back to this, I should probably say what's been happening in the last few months, get that caught up, kind of share the plans, the designs, and the ideas that have been spawned from now that I've hit a major milestone, 26.3 miles, what do I go and do? I talked about last time in that one episode, I got my ass kicked, which was talking about running up a trail that wasn't really even a trail. It was pretty much just a canyon that goes from the high desert to the low desert. And people have used it as like an ATV path or as like a hiking path. But it's not like one of those nice little trails that you find in a national park where you're like, oh, I could run this. It literally was just like an ATV road. And then, okay, I think this is the way that I'm supposed to go because this is where the tire tracks lead from the motorcycles that are able to get through the slot canyon or this park. So, um, That was back in April or May. I don't know. So where am I at now? I got hurt at the end of May. Like I actually went out to my hometown, which is now becoming the place that I go run. One of the places that I've always been running is behind my house. But the most I had ever done was a half marathon. And I did the half marathon by running seven miles and then coming back and stopping at 6.5. And you're like, why would you run that? Um, To describe the way my house works is it's on a hill and the dirt road, again, an ATV road, but it's not as bad as it sounds. Not anything compared to the canyon uh, going from Desert Hot Springs to Yucca Valley. It pretty much goes up or you go down for a half mile And then I always turn west and I run up uh, a hill 
or a rise. I don't know the proper term. All I know is, is I can feel the elevation and the softer doesn't help. This is like the best endurance training that you could ever need. And if you've ever done the Joshua Tree half marathon from uh, vacation races, this route will make that route easy. If you've done the vacation races, Joshua Tree half marathon, you know that you run down the road and then you turn right and you have to run up a dirt road that goes up a hill. And it takes about maybe like a mile and a half. I think I you complete the hill around two miles. Well, the route behind my house pretty much does the same thing and is harder because it's softer dirt the entire way. From that route, the way that I've explored is it takes me to a ridge that leads down into a canyon formed by a desert wash. And you're like, what the hell is a desert wash? It is a dry stream that when it rains, that's where the water runs. Again, this is also where ATV roads like to be because, you know, where else can you go all out except like on the open expanse of like a desert wash? The wash and the ATV road go up through the canyon to this place that is called Sugar Drop. And I got that name from my dad. It's kind of funny, you know, the irony of talking about my dad. And he's also very much on my mind right now. The place is Sugar Drop because one side of it is like this rise of soft dirt. It almost looks like a sand dune, but it really isn't. It's just one side is exposed dirt. And then on the top is all the plants probably keeping it down. I can only imagine what it's like during a sandstorm or during when it's windy or when it's raining. I would not want to be there. So I run by Sugar Drop, make my way to Lear Avenue cross Lear Avenue, and then I catch kind of the terminus point of Indian Cove Road, the southern or the lowest point of Indian Cove Road, run up to Two Mile Road, which is funny too, because that's actually the road that I lived on for 18 years of my life. It's where my house is. And then I turn west and I run all the way down to another road. I don't know its name yet. I just know that's where the well-maintained part of two mile, the dirt part ends. So I turn left and I start heading up towards the mountains. Um, if you have been to Indian Cove campground, it's pretty much I'm looking at that pile of rocks as I'm running up. First time I did it, it was like, why is this so hard? And then the second time I did it, which was last Saturday, I just got acquainted with, it's just a steep incline. It's steady and it's slow, and it's an incline. Then I turn left. Yeah, left is the way. Um, right before houses, because I tried to avoid the houses, and I run through the Indian Cove neighborhood. Not because I want to, but because I think if I ran up further, I would get worn out, and I'd get too close to the campgrounds and maybe too close to dogs. And so far, there haven't been any dogs running along there. The road that I have found, I think, is Sullivan which is hilarious because here's another connection to my dad. Um, Sullivan Road is where the house of my former stepmom. And it's like, what do you call your stepmom who your dad divorced or who divorced your dad? Is she even a stepmom anymore? Or is she just the, the third marriage? Anyone out there, let me know. So running past that, it goes downhill. I don't know what it really looks like because by the time I'm getting to that point, it's turning into, it's already like nighttime. Like if the sun has set, 
it's cooling, but it's getting harder to see. What I did discover is after a certain point, I ran into a barbed wire fence that had me scuttling in the dark up and down like ravines, or I don't even know, like what's the proper term for like those rolling hills? I'll have to take a picture and figure it out and ask the geologist, what the hell are these? Are they hills? Are they ravines? Or is it just like a mound? Which took me almost right next to Highway 62, which was the route that I took. And I discovered that the kind of big square that I'm starting to make a rectangle, 13.1 is right near the Harmony Motel. I say all this because this leads me to what am I doing this all for? Um, I came up with the idea that it'd be really cool to run 29 miles in 29 poems. It'll get me the practice and training I need to do the really big goal of running a 50K for the first time. So I'm, I look at running a marathon, I was like, oh yeah, I can do that, I just need to train. And because of the pandemic, all the races that would have happened in the spring and the summer, I think like the Boston, the LA, even the New York marathon, they're all happening this fall because let, 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 let's not lie. They're trying to make their money back. I don't fault them for it, but it's not because they're really trying to make it better. They're trying to get their money by having a huge social event that all the runners want to come to. You know, I might actually do the LA marathon in October or November. I want to say it's November. Like, here's the thing. All of a sudden, all these things are happening. So it's like, if I do everything correctly, or if I stick to my training, I'm going to run 29 miles in 29 palms sometime in October. Then I'll do the marathon, LA marathon in November, towards the end. And I think the Joshua Tree half marathon is hopefully happening. So that'll be beginning of November. So it's like, I kind of got three things already set up. Now, that is something to live and work towards. And I'm actually excited about that because the running and mapping the route in 29 Palms is allowing me to really understand the land that my hometown lives on. Like, you know, you live someplace, but until you run it, you don't really know it. And that's been the fun thing, getting to know where I lived in a way that as an adult, I can so much more appreciate because there's something really cool about running along Sullivan Road. And then it reaches this point where you can go up like a steep incline because there's a rise or you can follow the dirt road that kind of gets curvy that takes you through by some houses. Then you can run back up to Sullivan and just, you know, there's something really fun about also seeing like the closer you get to the mountains, there's yuccas or there's like more plant life. But there's also something really fun about seeing the rock formations over by Sugar Drop. Because like, I swear, it looks like some like basalt or some like pumice or some type of volcanic rock. Have to have a geologist take a look at it. A lot of geology involved. So yeah. So as I'm mapping out this route, I'm also having to figure out what is the best gear to run these things with climate change. It's not even that, oh, it would be hot because it would be, but it's like literally like it's 
July and it's already in the hundreds almost every single day in 29 Palms to the point where it's like, I wish I could wake up at like 5 a.m. and go running because I think it would actually be cool. But because I drive out, I don't wake up early. I wake up like around 10 or 11. It means it's going to be an afternoon run. When it's 100 degrees at 6 p.m., that's when I'm like, I got to do everything to maintain some good, some good vibes. I think I'll talk about that next week because that's really what I'm going to excel in to survive all this. How am I actually going to get the hydration? What do I need to do? What is the gear that I need? And I'm excited about that because it's like, it's like what happened with winter. I didn't know how to run in the cold until I ran in the cold enough to figure out, oh, this is the layer that I need. This is as much as I need. This is the only thing I need. This is the shirt that I need to take these. Like, you know, I kind of actually have the proper layer gear for cold. Now I'm figuring it out for heat. The hydration, where am I at with that? Um, I bought the Orange Mud Endurance Vest 3.0. And it is a really good piece of technology and it's uncomfortable. Um, I thought it would work. And I think it, I don't know. All I can say is I'm either doing or putting it on wrong, or it's just not the thing that feels comfortable on me. I can't find a sling bag similar to the John G. Multipass that can carry a two liter hydration pack. And the Multipass can carry in flasks about 1.5 liters. Now, if I'm doing these runs, I'm noticing that by mile 13, I've already finished off a liter. So that means that if I'm only halfway done and I've already drank more than half of the water that I can carry, I'm not going to last till 26 miles, much less 29, because I'm going to be thirsty. So I would actually need another liter. So I can I tell you the most frustrating process of figuring out something is that most people tell you it's not possible. Now, I get it's not possible for X amount of reasons. One, it's not financially viable for a bag company to do something that they don't think will work. It's another thing that it's like, okay, if you know what I'm going through, then can you help me? And you get the responses you need, but you're still stuck with, okay, so where do I go from here? The cool thing is, is based off of some advice I got from the CEO or the founder of Orange Mud, the people who did in the endurance vest, and they actually have a lot of different stuff. So check them out. I say their ideas are unique and well done. And I'm, the endurance vest just didn't fit me well. I'd be curious about the ones where you put bottles on your back as opposed to like a hydration pouch. That would be interesting to try out. Anyways, he passed along. You could start here. You could start here. Here's where you'd start. And so I ended up in all places, Joanne Fabrics. I got help from this guy named Luis who gave me a number to a seamstress. I got all the material. I like went and got, what is it? The seamstress did the thing of like actually took my sizes or like took my measurements, which is an interesting thing as a runner. Cause like, you know, as a runner, you just go buy small, medium, 
large, extra large, double XL, extra small, whatever fits you. You don't actually have clothes tailored for you. So, you know, things fit as well as they fit, but they're never really built for your unique body. The idea that I'm getting a bag built for my unique size, my particular size, feels really rewarding. So I'm in the process of that. I have all the materials. I have the person who's going to do it. I have the money to do it. I just have to wait until she's done with some other projects. And I have to figure out um, there's every bag that I see has some type of foam. Um, like it's closed cell foam or cellular clothes. I don't know what it's called. I'd have to read it. So I figured out, okay, so is this the foam I need? I found the foam. Now I need to get it uh, a dye press. So that way I can create ventilation in the foam because between the John G multipass and the um, Endurance Vest 3.0, they all kind of share the same idea of you have foam between you and the ripstop nylon. So that way it soaks up the sweat. It also gives airflow that way it wicks, you know, like it's all designed for like not being hot on your back. So once I get that done, materials are ready to go the everything will be done and i might have a two liter sling bag designed for me and that is a fantastic thing to look forward to it won't necessarily be necessary until i start getting into the higher digits and i think so this is what i did for my training up until now and folks if you're like thinking about doing the same thing i'll have some advice for you if you're within the 10 mile range like you haven't ever gone past 10 miles and you're trying to gain uh, distance. Like you're like, the most I've ever done is five, but I really want to get to 10. How do I get to 10? So once a week, like choose one day a week, every week to do a longer run. Now, if you feel like it's a little too much, do it every two weeks. Every two weeks, you go out on the day that you can do a longer run and say, that first week you do five miles the next week or two weeks from then you only increase it by 0.5 you only do a half mile more and the reason why is because in your mind if you're like me you're just gonna do you're like oh it's only 0.5 so if i'm running away from my car i only gotta run a quarter mile that's like maybe two and a half minutes maybe four minutes so i just gotta run four more minutes and then i can come back and then i'll have that extra half mile and i'll run further than i have ever before that's what i was doing with getting up to 13 miles every week i started running and then i did a long run on saturdays and i would increase by a mile so 13 12, 11, 10. And I think before that I did nine and eight. So from eight to 13, I did one mile more every Saturday. So thinking about my knees, thinking about being in good health, thinking about when I'm going to be out in the desert, I'll do an easy run this Saturday. And then the following Saturday, when I go back to 29, I'll do 14 miles and I'll find out where 14 miles is on that route. So it might take a while to get to 29 miles. I'm thinking that if I had the same success where like every other run, I sometimes end up doing two more miles, which is the following one means I do one more mile. That'll help me get back to 26 easily. 
That should get me to 29 by October. I got to figure out the math. So plans within plans within plans. It's a Dune reference for you all. And talking about this feels good because it's helping me live into a future that just seems a little bit more hopeful than it was when I started this um, episode. And, you know, if my dad passes sometime soon, the running will help. And of course, I'm going to share that through this. I mean, it'd be really interesting to use this podcast as a way to kind of chronicle running plus the future, plus dealing with the grief of losing my dad and growing older and seeing all those things. So I guess you could say, you know, I couldn't think of a name for this episode until now. And it's really just adult as runner or maybe running like an adult. (laughs) It's stupid, but you know, I'll figure it out. You'll, you'll see the title and you'll know what I came up with. Um, I didn't put music this time because I find that unless you have Spotify premium, you can't hear the whole song. So it's kind of like super disappointing that you can't hear the whole song because it takes away so much when you cut away from some of the best parts. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to put the YouTube link for the three songs that are just top notch on the training playlist. And they're either the first song or the favorite song or just, um, yeah, either the first songs that I've been listening to or the favorite songs, the songs that I'm just running and out of nowhere, the song comes on. And I find that at least for maybe 30 seconds of it, I am not thinking about why am I doing this? Oh God, I'm going to be sore. What am I doing after this? And I'm just in the moment running with the beats. Um, the first song is one of the first songs that one of the newer first songs. So it's Burn It Up by Janet Jackson with Missy Elliott. The second song is actually the song right after that. So it's kind of, you're getting the first and second. Jekyll and Hyde by Bishop Briggs. It's a fun song. It's kind of like one of those like semi-goth kind of chaotic songs. I don't know how else to describe it. Finally, um, I think I have used it before, but I'm going to go with, it was one of the songs that I used to be the starter, still really good, Montero by Little Nas X. There's just something about that song that makes running so much more fun. The queer kids got the beats, man. They got the beats so well. So listen to them all. So um, that's pretty much it for this episode. 22 minutes. It's short. Um, Yeah. My only request is if you have got this far, tell me, message me, find me somewhere. Do you miss the music the way it was? Or do you appreciate the fact that I put it into the videos? Because I got to figure out an easy format for folks to listen to. You know, I'm really trying to give people easier access. So maybe it's not just, oh, I only have Spotify and I don't like it because I can't listen to the music. That's pretty much it. So runners out there listening to this and everyone in between, until next time, and hopefully next time, it's a good thing to share.
as opposed to, oh, hey, I got some sad news. All right, folks, on that note, go find your desert dirt roads.